and welcome to a new episode of Echo Podcast, twinned by Lavender Day's new podcast. This episode about English literature in Algeria is a collaboration between the two. I'd hesitate to reach out to English speakers and Lavender Day's the podcast on Instagram questions or requests. And yeah. Hello, this is Farabinolo, an old the Echo podcast, and also, and I welcome Miriam, my hello. teammate and co-worker and dear friend. Hello, hello. Good evening, hello, everybody. Marie. Good evening, Farah. Good evening, everyone. It's Miriam from Echo Podcast. And as Farah said, we're really excited for our first collaboration with the Lavender Days podcast, bringing up a topic that was just a common thing between the two of us, which is English literature in Algeria. And um, it was just a common topic that we spoke about and we decided to, to share. So we went on doing a survey about it to share what does the community think about it. First of all, I would like to ask you, Farah, do you know when did this English literature started in Algeria? Actually, in my opinion, I think it started way before we think it is because, um, well, the it has been, well, take uh, appearance in our society, I think perhaps the starting of 2015, 2014, around the time uh, when I was a, a, like a preteen or a teenager that started consuming uh, literature online or like content online that is in English. So I think uh, that sudden burst of the English speaking community in Algeria also is strongly linked to reading in English not only consuming TV shows, other types of content in English. It's archives, AO3, and it's also for fan fiction. It's pretty wild. You can find anything and everything in that website. So, yeah. That's, that's really amazing. Do you, do you possibly uh, remember who brought you to the word of reading, like in general, not only in English, like just got you introduced with books or something or suggests for you the first book ever do you remember that honestly it's in, in the environment i grew up in in my family mostly my mother's side of the family not on my father's side uh they are the kind of people that uh hoard books it's like i can't visit one of their houses without being lost in their libraries and it's yeah. uh i grew up thinking that reading is like it's like something that everybody does it's like what like watching tv or something like that like owning uh, a library is common for everyone but i didn't i didn't think it was uh just us it's like my grandparents uh, my father grandpa sorry my granddad was a um avid reader he read everything from history to um uh thrillers to mystery he was a big fan and he is still a big fan of agatha I remember sleeping in the living room next to the library and just looking up from like my pillow and just reading Agatha Christie this, Agatha Christie that. And I actually took some of his books and I kept them with me, even though I only read one out of the pile that I took. 
but yeah it's all of them are Agatha Christie and stuff about like police uh stories and yeah like mystery thriller anything with a some type of uh, and I don't know clue stuff you know think of the just a bit like yeah it's <laughs> amazing yeah and when it comes to my aunt she encouraged me to read French more but it's classic I like when you think about classics you're like oh yeah old books that are boring and have like really complicated language uh, but yeah it's much more it's much it's deeper than that it's a way of thinking it's a way to understand human behavior throughout history as well and it, it's very much linked to art if you're someone who is very interested in art you have to at least understand the movements of literature throughout, uh, like the classic. So yeah, doesn't definitely. You're acquainted to books and encouraged to read. What about you? You, I think that's you mentioned. Before. That's amazing. I like the story of you meeting books. This is so so romantic. I would say. <laughs> well, to me. It was also at a very young age. I think I was, um, I think it was 11 or something. And I had um, my grandparents from that side. They are purely and originally, I would say, like Francophone, you know, by language and culture and behavior also. Like they wouldn't speak one word in Arabic. <laughs> and yeah, and I was like that lost child who only speaks Arabic and a little bit of broken French or something. And <laughs> oddly, they would spend the day, you know, old retired people, they they would spend the day uh, either on newspapers or uh, the TV was in French, the books in French, newspapers, books, uh, cartoons, everything. Everything was literally in French. And... When I um, used to spend my vacation in the house and they, I would just come to me and br bring a book with them and they would like, Miriam, here we go, a book, try this one, you would <laughs> like it. And they would suggest, um, you know, kids' stories and some novels in French. Like, it was easy French. It wasn't hard. They wouldn't pick classics or something like that because they understood better than me. I, I couldn't start reading with classics, obviously. I would have run away and never came back to the house, I think. So I started reading, and honestly, it was hard in the beginning because 10-year-old kid is just into playing sometimes, especially when um, you're, the, you're the elder. Like, you don't have siblings who read so they can encourage you. You're the first one. Then slowly uh, I started Actually, like, it's more about a personality trait. I think he, I have one sibling, and he reads, but it's uh, self-scars. He only reads books that his friends tell him about, or if he's, he, uh, if he's, like, really interested in a topic or something like that. He's not the type to read something that's not interested to him. It's interesting, like, for example, And when you said yeah. that kids uh, actually reminded me of something... As a child, as I told you before, I have never read books that I, like, I would never bought books for myself. It was always my parents buying me books, and I would read them. I've never shied away from reading, which reminds yeah. me, the first book I've ever read entirely that had words, didn't have any images or pictures. You know how kids are with, like, mangas 
and comics. They love them. My mother used to love buying me those, like, Peef and Mickey Mouse and those stuff, like, comic books, like, uh, <laughs> magazines, because it reminded her of her own childhood, so she bought them for me. But yeah. uh, a book that only had words was uh, Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. But it wasn't the, actually the integral, the original text, because the, yeah. the book is massive. It has three now as an adult. I wouldn't go near that book knowing that it's so depressing <laughs> for nothing. It's so long and depressing and it has like so much details because it's Victor Hugo. He's like authentic. Obviously yeah. he will describe everything in detail. But as an adult, yeah. I know for a fact that it's just like going to make me feel sad for no reason. But as a child, my parents bought me this kid's version of the book. It's like the same story, but it's in very simple language. I still have the book with me. Yeah. Uh, my mom had because I don't want to see it in my own library. I just stacked it with the books I don't want in my room. So I remember, <laughs> yeah, I'm so fascinated by the uh, character of Cosette. But at the same time, I did read a classic that's known for being complicated and long, but it was a kid's version and the parts that were not suitable for children was deleted, of course. So it's a way for kids yeah. Uh, to approach classics in a very simplified way, make them love reading classics and love reading in general by simplifying the texts. Yeah, that's, so, yeah. that's actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And the thing is that they did not want to, I mean, for my grandparents, they did not want me to get bored. So they would just choose really, really easy books and mm -hmm. um Actually, also, back in then, uh, I think it was, um, yeah, as I said, I was 10. Uh, there was no pictures. Like, they, they have those, uh, those books, no colors, no pictures, really simple cover. When I see that, I remember the huge library that I had, it, it makes me feel so nostalgic. But at the same time, as a kid, it's depressing for a kid, like a whole, yeah. like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine shelves of books and there are no colors, no pictures, nothing. And they were also against TV unless it's few minutes of cartoon or, or sports. So yeah. the, the TV was always off. So I had to read and slowly I started loving it and then switching languages from um, Arabic to French. And then I, I just him to, to get acquainted with English on Wattpad also. I actually started with, um, with some poetry things, which is, which is weird because I didn't love poetry at all. But then I started a bit by bit. So I think we should start with the first question. Yeah. Of course. So the first question amongst 100 responses, uh, it says, do you read in English? 24.5%, as in 25 people said rarely, one person, one person said no, and 60, no, 76 person, like, yeah, individuals said yes, which is the majority as in uh, around 75% of the audience said yes. So we have a majority that is a reader and rarely read in English. So I'm assuming that the scarceness of English books in the market is the reason why people 
read rarely in English, whereas that there's one person that said no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's good. Yeah, majority does read in English. And, well, within that majority, the responses to the age, uh, to the age for the form, surprisingly, like, first, when uh, we started making the the form, got to mention the uh, well, uh, seventeen to twenty year old, as in the new adult, not teenagers, but mostly like from seven, seventeen to twenty. We just started from twenty, and I'm so glad we uh, added it eventually because uh, there's forty one percent of the audience yeah. is seventeen to twenty, and then there's fifty percent they're 20 to 25 years old five people are from 25 to 30 and two people are 35 to 40 you know there's only one person who is from 30 to 35 and two people are from 35 to 40 are above 40 so i think uh, uh, people from the previous generations are reading in english I think it's understandable since they didn't get the chance to study the English language as as convenient as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's completely understandable. And it's surprising that the majority, it's like the big majority, the massive majority is from 20 to 25 and 17 to 20, or 20 years old. So it's like the younger generation. It's like people who are age and your age and younger. So I think... Uh, I think I I will explain this phenomenon by the appearance of English and the English-speaking community within the Algerian society. So the more people yeah. speak English, the more they seek to read in English because it's a language they're comfortable with uh, acquiring information in. So I think it's going to be different in like 10 years. We're <laughs> Me and you are going to be the above 40 that... <laughs> that <laughs> But uh, in my opinion, the numbers for the 17 to 25-year-olds is not going to change because uh, I think it's going to be more than uh, that because people are, are actively learning English. True, true. Especially by the, um, the access now to tools and to social media, to apps, to books, to movies, to music. Like we have, uh, thanks to globalization, we now have more... Uh, opened our eyes to the world and to different cultures, especially the English or the American cultures. Mm-hmm. And it is way more accessible now than ever and somehow free also. I completely agree. So it's like if four years ago we were uh, we were kind of struggling with having access and stuff like that. I think uh, when... Uh, generations that are coming reach our age back then they're not going to find that that many difficulties in having that type of media into their hands so we're going to start having the same like preaching our parents do like yeah back in my day we didn't have any internet like back in my day we didn't have access to english books and sadly enough there are some books especially from the john ya young adults yeah uh, yeah, it's like when you're like 25, you're not going to relate to a book about like, for example, Percy Jackson. 
if you know the book, Jackson. No, no, actually, I don't. Percy Jackson, uh, it's like kind of like about this kid who goes to a camp half half blood because like he's like the son of Poseidon and this and that. It's an adventure book. He goes into adventures and he kills like Cyclops and stuff like that. He's I think thirteen in the books right now. The twenty two year old. If I I can have access to this book, I have access to the whole. But if I read it, I'm not going to enjoy it as much as I would have when I was 13 because I'm not the same age. See myself as them. I would be like, yeah, I'm too old for this stuff. I can't read it, you know. So I think the younger generations are much, much more, they're much more lucky when it comes to this because they, with like time, they're going to have access to things we didn't have access to, you know, but it's a good thing. Well, we have access to other things that interest us. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to the timing, um, when we asked what time do you prefer reading, uh, 57% was night, surprisingly, and 21% the afternoon, and 20.6% in the morning. I think it is understandable why it is night, because generally nights tend to be calm and resting there is no activity no work no clubs activities uh, even if for, for the ones who had who have kids uh, they're probably asleep and the house is so calm so you can read peacefully what what about you farah for example what, when when is the most suitable time for you to read honestly I, it doesn't matter for me but when it comes tonight i read more effectively at night you know why because of the one more chapter syndrome it's always <laughs> been a problem for me ever since i was in high school whenever i pick up a book it's like during the day i hate reading during breakfast i try to do it with my coffee i bring my book with me but i'm just too focused on my like breakfast to even care about my book and there's a chance of staining the book and stuff like that so i don't i don't touch my books in the morning uh in the afternoon it depends but I'm yeah. well. Book is interesting enough. To read it, but at the same time, uh, I will highly unlikely not read in the afternoon unless I'm in public transportation and I don't want to deal with the crowd. Like, well, I'm in the tramway, for example. I don't want to look at people. I just pick up my book and read. But I yeah. definitely read at night, and yeah, because I can't stop. Really, <laughs> I finish my books all night. Yeah. <laughs> That that's actually so, cute. What about you? Well, actually, and weirdly, I am in that tiny population of morning people or morning readers <laughs> because With yeah, it, yeah, because of coffee exactly. And it, it has nothing to do with being uh, intellectual or cultured, not at all. But as you know, coffee is a uh, stimulator, mm-hmm. and want to function without. It is not that I can't, but I don't want to function without it, honestly. I love taking coffee in the morning. <laughs> and after drinking, like, the first two sips, like, I feel like I can conquer the word. And <laughs> so I start with the book. I It doesn't matter what language. Usually I pick um, two books with two different languages each month. So I don't lose my languages. So generally it's... Uh, okay. French Arabic or French English or English Arabic. So it's not, it doesn't have to be like lots of readings because also I have other things to do and chores. Maybe two pages or three. 
And then there is the transportation because I have this um, a bit of what we call social anxiety. I can't just stand and look at people and stare at them without doing anything. So I prefer to take the book or uh, open my PDF and read. So for me, it is morning and afternoon only. The night, I struggle to read at night because usually I have very active days. And when the night comes, I'm just so eager to to reach my bed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I think for the both of us, I think we're lucky because some people can't read in public transportation. People um, car sick, actually. As a yeah. kid, I used to get car sick, but I would, my eyes would hurt, but I would force myself to read. Because I'm like, I really want to read this. I want to, I want to look into this. I, I can't lose my focus. I can't wait until I'm home to continue reading. It's just like I wrestle through the, the headache while I'm reading. So I, I don't know. But as a child, I beat car sickness. And yeah, some people can't like ride opposite from the direction. So sometimes when I ride up, you know, on the bus or like on the public transportation and I'm reading at the same time, I just think to myself, wow, I really love reading that much that I'm willing to go through <laughs> that pain just to read. Yeah, I, I can actually really relate to this because I remember an anecdote. Uh, we, was, uh, we were once in the, um, the university transportation, you know, the huge blue buses and yes. the, the dreaded and ones. Yeah, the the driver was actually not driving. He was about to fly. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I was just standing like like a wooden stick or like a tree and reading my PDF. I, I, I had this, um, I focused so much that my eyes started tearing and I was so much uh, immersed in the book, like in the Arabic uh, novel I was, I was reading. When he stopped um out of nowhere some people fell some people started yelling i was still just standing and just my hand would was actually my hand got stuck on the on the on the on the iron thing and i was just so focused i didn't even feel what happened until we reached destination and i understood that day that i would die just to read something i love <laughs> it again especially in those buses they set on fire randomly <laughs> like there's a big risk don't get yourself that distracted maybe on exam seasons when like the pain of failure happens but like <laughs> to distract yourself with that but not the blue buses never those never you mentioned uh arabic book actually and uh i think i gave you one of the only book i have in arabic because I don't read in Arabic, sadly. I've never, I wasn't raised to read in Arabic. Uh, yeah. The only thing I read, like, the only thing I read was, like, Kitab uh, al back in primary school. When I graduated <laughs> high school, I haven't touched any other book in Arabic. I tried, but I couldn't. Uh, I'm much yeah. more inclined into Latin uh, languages, such as, well, French, English, and Spanish. Yeah. And when it comes to the form, we asked this question, actually, do you read in any other language? And uh, I'm very, very much surprised to know that French took the lead. I thought, I thought like, like people who um, read in English are very much Frenchophobic. They can't stand French, but uh, 42 people actually uh, answered 
French, while uh, yeah. only 40, 41%, there's only the difference of one person between French and Arabic. Like, they're mm. at the same uh, amount of people uh, who read both French and Arabic. And 17 people said just English, whilst other, uh, as in any other language, is only at two, as in two people only. So yeah, what about you? Do you read just Arabic and English, or do you? Well, you mentioned French, so do you read in any other language? No, actually, I started. Um, actually, I started learning uh, Turkish like two years ago, but I couldn't read a lot because I wasn't too much, um, you know, uh, committed to the learning. I just wanted it as a language, but you know, due to studies and activities and a lot of occupations. I didn't get the mm-hmm. chance to, but I can read sentences, but not books. No, I'm, I'm willing to commit to it maybe this summer, but it's going to be, yeah, in, in God's will, it's going to be Turkish after, of course, Arabic, French and English. I mean, with the, just like we learn English, I think any other language is accessible since we overcame the fact that, uh, the material in English is so scarce, but we were able to pick it up so easily. I think any other language, as long as we put our minds into it, uh, it's going to be easy to pick up. Uh, that is why I, as I said before, I don't read much in Arabic. I try to do it whenever I have like, it's mostly about like, whenever I have a question when it comes to religious things, I Google yeah. it in Arabic. Also, when I need to interpret a I wake up from a weird, weird nightmare and I'm, I'm just looking up like bird dream and the uh, Islamic interpretation of it because I can't trust anything in French or in English when it comes to that. So yeah, it's more about religious and mystical things that I read in Arabic online. But as far as going to buy books and novels in Arabic, I don't do that. In French, actually, I am a big fan of Algerian literature. Great. Uh, yeah, sadly, uh, I know for a fact that there's an Arabic as well. There's no Algerian literature that I've uh, um, been interested in when it comes to in English. I mean, Algerian literature English, that's what I mean. It's like, it is new. It's appearing, you know, the yeah. language itself. It's really new. I haven't, like a year before or like two years ago, I haven't heard anyone publishing in English until now. Like this year, it's a uh, random, like uh, editing houses are just popping up left and right. People, people are like publishing their books. But since it's like new, quality of the literature is <laughs> very low. I'm so sad to say this, but... There's nothing of good quality being pu- published so far. I mean, like, if there's any suggestions of, like, good, really good uh, books in written by Algerian authors, I'd be, I would love to hear about it. But as far as I know, Algerian literature does not, does not exist uh, in English. But I love reading. French it's like because it's something I relate to a lot I think it's one of the other questions skip so many questions to go to this one but it's fine. yeah uh, one of the questions I mean I'm gonna go through this one that yeah. says uh, have you before or would you read a book 
by an Algerian author. So the majority, as in 70, oh wait, no, 67% said yes, 30, 34.3. But I think I know why it's because the quality of the literature, it's, it's very new and it's not that good. But I think yeah. with time, it's going to get better, especially with the editing houses popping up left and right like that. Also, yeah, I think I agree with them. Uh, not that I would not read. I didn't, honestly. I didn't read for any English uh, Algerian literature, but I wouldn't because... No, I wouldn't. Maybe I would give it a try. Maybe I would try one or two, but honestly the English language hasn't been in the country and in the population that much. And we didn't go in depth in its classics and history and um, the common knowledge, the scientific, uh, the scientific side also. We do not master it yet to be able to write. I think that uh, a writer is an excellent reader, not just a good reader. Mm -hmm. The fact that you can publish something is actually an accumulation maybe of experiences and a good mastery for the language and I do not think we have it yet unless there are um, really ancient readers in English or professors in English uh, or enormous readers in English I don't know but to be able to publish something not only it, it doesn't have to be like something um extraordinary or scientific only but to publish something worth reading with a good quality and a good style and a good language you have to acquire a lot of knowledge and a lot of mastery to the language so yeah I understand why they said no mm -hmm. it's more about the quality of the thing you read yeah. and I completely agree I completely agree to be honest when it comes to launching uh, the project publishing uh, books in English, Alger by, written by Algerian authors, I think it's a good start. Even if the quality is not that good, it's not our yeah. native language. We're not required to be perfect at it. But I hope, I certainly hope that the quality is going to get To be honest, I don't want it to stay like this within five years or at least three years. I want it to get better and people who have real talent to show uh, what it's like to publish a book it's not just a just to publish publish a story and just to be the to do it no it's not about that it's about creating something beautiful that you could be proud of exactly I mean uh, to be honest like you said your parents gave you books in French with simple language as a child I think it depends on the type of books you're going to be writing so if you for example if you want to read just a novella or a book that has one or stories or like a novel uh, I think a B2 level is enough you don't need to have like a scientific strong language just a simple um, to be savvy you have to know how to structure a sentence and how to describe things the most simple to, to write but you don't have to become like a professor in English to write a, a simple story but if you're going to write essays or like scientific something that has like a uh, great value and you have to be very strong at communicating that idea I think 
it's important for you to be uh, someone academically advanced. But other than that, I think I slightly disagree with you when it comes to that. You don't have to be someone uh, who's a big bro to publish a book. Then again, there's sometime, sometimes a decency, uh, the decency to respect literature and not publish left and right random stuff that has like that you can you're literally calling your audience like stupid just give me your money and i'll give you a random book because you want to read in english no uh yeah, yeah for the sake of that's that's bad so on what genre do you in english yeah moving on to that question there are actually the percentage that really fascinates me and I wouldn't say shocked, but it surprised me that the, the biggest percentage was for romance with 53%. And then in second position comes classics with 38%. And then fiction and fantasy with 46%. And then self-help, 43%. And then history, sorry, and then science and along with comics and manga with 28%, then history, 25%, book with 15%, and non-fictional with 11%, books with pictures, 9%, and then uh, the rest of the genres, articles, poetry, crime, art, psychology, and mystery, religious books, psychological articles, business, thriller, and uh, movies with 1%. What do you think about it? Why is the majority uh, with romance and fiction? What do, What is your uh, hypothesis? I suppose because it's the most sold uh, genre actually in the market. Um, it, it's because it's a girly uh, genre. History mm -hmm. is also can be historical fiction leaning towards romance. There's the concept of subgenre. You can find yeah. a classic that is about romance, a classic that is about fantasy. You can find fantasy with little romance. You can find romance with elements of fantasy. So it, it could be a thing in a transversal uh, type of way. But in my opinion, I think when it comes to this survey, the fact that it's romance is because most readers, most readers uh, in English are women or girls. True. True. Not a reason for it to. You can find a guy who really likes romance, uh, like the most writers of romance back in the day, like Flaubert is a man. You know. Yeah. So yeah, doesn't it has nothing to do with gender. It's just that it it feels good. It's a feel good genre, and. Uh, when it comes to uh, act, like some people say that romance is overrated, it's like you can't learn things from reading fantasy or reading nonfiction because people uh, always assume that self help, for example, books that like personality development is syn mm -hmm. synonymous to being smarter and someone who reads fantasy reads fiction is not a smart no a yeah. major no personally I love romance I love fantasy I love thing that I love mangas and comics and webtoons I'm obsessed with those if they were not so outrageously expensive I would spend all yeah. my money on it 
<laughs> That's great. Business psychology, thriller, uh, psychological articles and stuff like that. They all have, they all carry something which is smarter. They all have, they're going to make you smarter regardless. The moment that you read and learn a new word, the moment that you know how a sentence is structured, the moment you can read something that is intellectually coherent and has yeah. a plot or something that you follow. Even if you read a bad book, for example, Twilight, the saga, everybody complains it is, but yeah. no one no one really why? Because it's badly written. Naturally, also the plot has plot holes. This is knowing how to identify those flaws within a book that has romance or fantasy or paranormal is something that's going to develop something called the critical thinking, knowing how to analyze what you're reading, knowing how to give your own opinion on something, you know? So when you're reading, regardless on, regardless, regardless of the genre, or the type yeah. of book you're reading it doesn't mean that it's stupid or anything like that. Just you do you. Read something that you like. going to make you smart anyways. You know, even if you read a dictionary. Some people really skim over reading dictionaries, but it's very, very important. Not only, especially the ones that have images, the colorful yeah. ones. I love those. And you learn words. You're going to learn new things. You're going to discover things. And the more you read, the better. doesn't matter what you read. Yeah, well, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more on what you said. Honestly, like the the more the better, um, as you said. And actually, I think the more you diversify your readings, like you go from a genre to uh, to another, to, from a type to another, like you try to switch, or at least you try to recognize where is your corner or which one is your favorite or where I wouldn't say belong, but it, it's almost like belonging somewhere. But then reading too much of one genre, I don't, I don't know, but for me, it, it would be boring. Like if I could just go on classic classics only, I would get yeah. bored at a certain point and I would like to, to try something new to go for. I don't know, maybe, maybe romance, maybe fantasy, maybe even poetry. I, I don't know. But I think there is a certain uh, charm and a sparkle I noticed in people who de diversify their readings. They are so interesting in many ways, in many layers. You can talk to them almost about everything. And they can bring up to the table many topics in a certain language, in very different area. And, and uh, they can even show you an angle of something you, you couldn't see before or add something to your knowledge. That's mm -hmm. why like, I'm seeing this um, survey in front of me and I'm so happy because I didn't, I didn't think I would find this much diversity in the readings, especially in the youth, as, as the age uh, survey showed. And if it carries on like this, it's actually a good sign. It's, an, it's a good indicator because remaining on one genre is a bit boring. Um, well, I, I, I respect all opinions, of course, and, and tastes, but remaining on one genre, we can all agree that it's boring. 
But as you said, um, nothing is stupid or nothing is better than the other. Of course, the scientific way or site will always add to your to your luggage, to your, I don't know, to your, even to your lexics, you would gain more thoughts and ideas and words. Um, somehow you would maybe sound posh or classy. You would be more argumentative. You would have things to say instead of just giving things in redundance without making any sense. I mean, I, I just keep saying it, but I'm really thrilled to see the diversity in responses. Yeah, I agree. I agree entirely. Um, it also shows that uh, the type of diversity also indicates that reading in English is not only be due to some type of social phenomenon. Uh, each and every one has like an individual story to tell about why they read, how they came up with the desire and love to read. So it's very interesting. Those statistics might be little compared to the entire uh, community, but it tells a lot. It tells a lot. True. The format. What format do you use to read either paper book, PDF, like physical books, or PDF and ebooks, as in, you know, uh, using your devices to read? Yeah. So. 58 59.8% says PDF and EPUB and for 40 point, point uh, percent says uh, paper books as in physical books yeah. uh, I blame that on the scarceness of books but at the time it's as I said Wattpad PDFs downloading from the library having digital book is much more accessible than having physical books, but I think it's changing. It's changing. Uh, do you want to deal with the next question? Because I, yeah. I, I remember you being excited about it, about the amount of responses you received on this one. Yeah, actually, this this one is really my favorite. Um, the question was, do you find physical books in English to be accessible in Algeria? And... Uh, oddly, 50% said yes, 37 said no, and then 1% said online, 1% said that they are increasingly more available, but not as affordable, and I would uh, strongly agree because I don't know why, somehow they are really expensive compared to other languages. Yeah. 1% said that to some degree, yes, there are a handful of English booksellers, but they usually bring a limited amount and run out of stock within a month. Yeah. 1% said that only the very known books and classics. Uh, I agree with that also. In local libraries, usually you can find only classics and the redundant or the famous books. Yeah. It's usually self-help book that we find. Uh, 1% said that original ones are very rare to find and tend to be expensive. The copies are of a good price. However, the quality isn't impressive. True, because, uh, come on, the copies would never be as, as the original ones. I think yeah. we talked about this before, about the copies and original and the fact uh, that 
uh, copies are not easy to have, but uh, I mean, the originals are not easy to have, but copies are much more accessible and affordable, but at the same time to have copies. You're, yeah, even though like sometimes there are like authors that are really problematic, you're like, yeah, just, I don't like her, but I want to read her work. So it doesn't matter if she takes profit from what I buy or not. No, it's not ethical. You're, uh, it's not legal as well. So yeah, it's better to avoid fake copies but at the same time I understand the desire to have a book especially if, if it's one of your favorite books uh, and it's not accessible and it's very expensive yeah. So, yeah but just avoid it avoid as much as you can yeah as we discussed it before beginning it's it's actually in the 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 reserved uh, copyright of the writer it's actually illegal and also unethical and if by any chance the house the editing house or the publishing house or the writer would know about it you can even get sued for it uh, it's actually yeah. a problem moving on to the other percentages one percent said yes but only thanks to desert book dealers of <laughs> joking but it's really only thanks to online stores uh, run, run by sure. other. I can yeah. uh, agree a bit about it. I don't know if you know uh, the the online um, page uh, that opened. It was uh, mainly in Arabic, but then started to bring English books. It's called uh, the House of Iqra, like Jazair Iqra. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, they had a stand in Sila, and uh, what I liked mostly that it started first in Algiers, in central Algiers, but then it moved to Medea, to Oran, to Satif, to many other states. And mm -hmm. I'm really happy because imagine moving on from a state to another just to attend a book fair. Yeah, yeah. There's no segregation when it comes to delivering books. And that's very much important because the fact that they only put it in Algiers or like Oran, maybe even yeah. cost Sometimes, like the big cities, it's only for marketing reasons. The accessibility yeah. of books, like the, the there's a person that mentioned that only the popular books, sometimes even the popular books are not accessible because some, uh, I'm not going to mention some, uh, um, there's only one on the national level that sells original books in English and has a store on yeah. in Algeria, but like they only bring books that they think are good and posted something about why about like people requesting books that are not classics or that are not good quote unquote so uh it's mostly about marketing about what they can sell what they think is good it's like it there's a big controversy there's no communication between the customer reader and the person providing the books so it's more about the money it's more about attracting buyers than satisfying the reader's need when it comes yeah. to having materials so True. yeah but I, I think it's this is going to change because the amount of reader is increasing and they know days know more what they want so it's it's going to change hopefully one percent also said that they are accessible but not as many as french um this is understandable because the second language we speak is French. Come on. Yeah, yeah. They, can't, they can't take over French. Like, even, for example, if... Oh, and 
we do not hate a language, of course, it's a tool of communication, but even if you would hate a language, second language is French. Like we, it can't get on top of it and it would probably never. But and I think what bothers me most, most it's like uh, culturally having books in French is okay. It's like if it's, it's about architect, architecture, books about technical things like science, I mean, uh, civil engineering, for example, I don't know, medicine, things that we study at school, it's fine yeah. to have them in French. But having French classics everywhere and everywhere, anywhere you go, it's like you enter a bookstore and it's just French classics. It's only Emile Zola, it's only Marc Lévy, it's only like classics in French. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be at least bring translated books, books that were written in Arabic translated into French. No, it's only like French literature as in the purest form. And that bothers me a lot to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. But at the same time, the, the language itself doesn't bother me as much as the intention behind the types of books that are sold, you know? Yeah. Books. Totally agree. I mean, also there is something we both of us, you and uh, you and I, Farah, we were lucky to have you know like um, surroundings and relatives who read. Some people don't have and didn't have this this privilege. So it's it's really hard to start directly with classics. One would want to start with something easy or smooth uh, or with with the basic language or a basic lexic, and then move on to classic. And then, as you said, enter a, a library and find, um, got hit by a wave of classic books, <laughs> which are usually um, hard to understand, or you need a dictionary to explain some words. It wouldn't uh, encourage people to read. 1% also said that it is possible to find books, but not the ones the reader are looking for, or sometimes they're not up to date. Yeah, it's just yeah. like the other answer, they do not do the restoking. The other said 1%, of course, as in one person, some books are are really harder to find than others. Yeah, I can agree with that because, um, again, we're not uh, natively English speakers. We don't speak it natively. We just learned it in high school and so on so it is hard um if for example one or two or maybe even the amount of 10 people on a population of um i don't know how many we are nowadays millions it wouldn't be um good for the house who the houses or the publishing houses who who work on the english literature to just bring a small amount just for this specific or this type of people because they won't benefit from it. Uh, we have to be honest. The majority has to read uh, in English so they can bring what you want or you can just order from, from online stores. Also, another person said that uh, they are accessible if you search hard enough, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which really makes me laugh. Like really expensive. For example, like uh, some books are only available in hardcover, like Empire yeah. of the Vampire. 
It's a fantasy book. It's only available in hardcover, and it's a massive book. It has 600 pages. You know how much it costs? Yeah. $6,000 Algerian dinars. And oh. when you receive it, yeah. I mean, when it comes to the current currency, you know, dinar to euro, if you buy it with euros or maybe with dollars, I don't know. But, like, um, when usually when you buy it, yourself it's when you receive it from abroad it's six thousand dinars and if you want to sell it or if you want to buy it from someone who uh, who is selling it second hand you're not yeah. going to find it under five thousand dinars you know accessible yes you can find many people who have, who have that book but it's incredibly expensive it's like the third of someone's paycheck you can you can't spend that much money on one book you know yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree because, like, come on, six six thousand dinars. This is a budget for like twelve or thirteen books. Yeah, it's Definitely. too much. Yeah, and the last percentage. Uh, one person said that uh, yes, the original are very expensive, and some of them. So I understand the variety, and I really love the variety of the responses. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I prefer physical books. I am not much of a PDF reader, uh, unless the urge uh, puts me in that corner and I have to read it. And so I go to PDF, but I prefer um, paper books. I prefer the touch of paper and the smell of paper. I'm really addicted yeah, to that. <laughs> me too. Like, if I pick up one of my books right now, and the thing is, I think I told you this before, but, like, the smell between original books and copies is not the same. Usually copies, especially the ones that have been scammed, I've been scammed into buying this book, and it's sadly one of my favorite titles. The papers are white. It feels like I'm reading an exam paper. The smell, <laughs> it smells horrible. It doesn't smell like a book. It just smells like a stack of papers. And sometimes you can find missing chapters, you can find decoys, you can find, like, the description of the book, you know, on the cover, uh, on the back cover. It is a description of a different book. Like, the title is correct, but this description of a different book entirely. And, yeah, it's like copies are obviously not a real book. It's like you can find, sometimes you can read the full book that is a copy and it's just, like, satisfying enough, but it's not as good as touch the, the feeling of satisfaction you get when you when you read an original book is like out of this world you can't afford it yourself it's amazing yeah i couldn't yeah. agree more the smell has something to do in in, in the atmosphere of reading <laughs> yeah. moving on um, to the next question um when we when we asked where do you get your books from the percentage, mm-hmm. the percentage was, was um, mostly locals. Forty-eight uh, percent buy from local libraries, and then forty-six Instagram pages, these are uh, book dealers, and then moving online, twenty-six point five percent foreign websites, and then nineteen from Sila or the the book salon or the book fair in Algeria mm-hmm. and then 16 percent local websites and then 10 percent second-handed 
8% counterfeit sellers. <laughs> and then for the rest of the answers, sometimes 1% said, sometimes my cousins brings what I want from France when she comes. Others said it is from France, probably bear, they, they just take from France. And 1% said Z libraries. And again, another person said, I download them from Z library. So please, Farah, can you explain to me the Z library? Because I do not understand it. Uh, uh, the Z library is a website. Sometimes it's called BOK Africa. I think it's just, you know, when you Google type, uh, when you do a Google search of like book title, you know, for example, if you want to look... Um, I don't know, like A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass, and then you write PDF. The first result is going to be a website called Z Library. But at the same time, personally, I use an app called Freebook. Uh, they sometimes take it down because obviously yeah. it's stolen and pirated books, but it's sometimes available on the App Store. So it's an app or a website where you can download any book, any PDF you want, any any title at all, especially if it's very popular. Like the day of release, the physical mm -hmm. the day the physical book is being released is also when you can find the digital version on the library. And when it comes to Instagram pages, actually, when you said there's a book dealer, uh, it's a girl called uh, Zina. She's like amazing. I've been following her for a long time. I've sold actually my books through her page. You can, If you have a book, uh, recently she's more uh, selective when it comes to the books she puts on her page. Uh, if you have yeah. an original books, because she hates copies and she's yeah. right about it. If you have an original book you want to sell, mm -hmm. uh, you can go to or if you want to buy an original book secondhand from someone else, if you find a title on her page that interests you, she's an amazing person. And you can also buy from her uh, books using the foreign website, Book Depository, other websites. Uh, she can help you with the transaction. She's an amazing person. I got uh, a trilogy from her, actually, The Shadow and Bone, uh, which is a fantasy trilogy. They made a TV series about it. It's amazing. I love it. It's <laughs> related to my favorite book, Six of Crows. I don't know if you heard yeah. about it, but I'm obsessed with, it, with that book. Six of Crows is like, uh, I remember me being 19, buying it from Sela and not being like, well, it's just another popular book I'm not going to like. But I'm 22 and I'm obsessed with it. It's so well written. The world building is amazing. Yeah. Everything. I, I can lend it to you if you want. It's just an amazing book. Everything about it is great. And this reminds me of something. When you said uh, having images and it's depressing and stuff like that, some fantasy books at the beginning of the book, they have maps. Yes. Like, you know, Tolkien, uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings, started it at the start of the uh, previous century. But most yes. fantasy today have maps at the beginning. Sometimes they have pictures. There's a book called The Atlas Six. It's from the author herself. She like drew her characters. And when you're reading throughout the book, you can find like random uh, drawings and sketches of her characters. And it just brings them 
more to life because you don't have to squeeze your brain to imagine what they look like uh, because like yeah here they are like the way the uh, author imagined them so I absolutely love that I absolutely love that That's so yeah uh, like I started talking about this book dealer and then I ended up talking about sketches on books and stuff like that so no no it's uh, no not <laughs> So moving on to the uh, next question, uh, what topics yeah. interest you generally when reading books in English? So uh, the majority said imaginary, mostly fiction and poetry. Uh, person said the opposite of what I write. If I was writing fantasy, I would read contemporary novels. And if I was writing poetry, I would read sci-fi or something similar. That's very interesting, interesting. because I do... It's like, if I want, it's like, it depends on my mood. If I feel more about, like, feeling cozy and safe, I would read, I would read romance or fantasy. But if I would just want some something to distract me from life, I would read sci-fi. Something, like, you know that Star Wars had, like, a book series? I did not know that until recently. It's a, a good introduction to sci-fi for someone who never read it, for science fiction. Uh, yeah. What about you? I think you've done this before, right? I'm also happy for the diversity of the answers. Like, I wasn't expecting, especially a point where they said scientific and scientific articles. I was so happy to read that. I was absolutely thrilled. And also, as you said, sometimes it depends on the mood. But generally... Uh, the topics I'm interested in are um, literature, like, you know, classics. I'm more fond of classics. It doesn't matter the language. Um, mm -hmm. Just classics and uh, sometimes poetry, uh, just to change a bit, poetry. And then I would go maybe on scientific topics and psychology. Uh, I'm not so much fan of fiction. I don't know why, but till this days, I haven't read uh, much fiction and fantasy. I don't know why. I just can't. Or I, I didn't try harder. I don't know. Like, sorry yes, for interrupting the majority. you. Uh, there's 38.2% that said real life stories. I'm assuming you, they meant by that uh, biographies or autobiographies uh, or things that, that stem from... Uh, people's real uh, experiences. Uh, for anyway, yeah. Honestly, I like that, but I like fictionized version of that. For example, like Othello by Virginia Woolf about her affair mm -hmm. and the way she just has it like and just made it her masterpiece. The way she just like she, you know, like a dough, she just mixed it up together. Like her parts of herself she put them into it and she made it into fiction but it's when you read her biography you can tell that that specific work is definitely yeah. part of her life story and 40 percent imaginary so there's a certain balance between imagination and realism uh and it's yeah. understandable i think i i agree to that too certain degree and then there's 10 people who said poetry 
That's authentic. That's original. No, I'm neutral when it comes to poetry. I don't consume it, but at the same time, I appreciate some. Uh, uh, not like I don't know. It's like slam poetry and things like that. Do not tickle my fancy. I love well-written books. I love reading something that yeah. just feels feels good. Like an example that I have of that is any Madeline Miller book, it's the Song of Achilles or Circe. She writes so beautifully. It's like poetry in prose. That just you're you're lost in her writings. But uh, going as reading like other types of poetry, no, I will not willingly read those because they they're not interesting to me and I don't understand them in the first place. So, yeah. Okay, now I would mention someone that you would definitely have read the poetry for, which which is. Um, by the way, he wrote in free, I think, free poetry or free lines. I think you mm. read him. And is it, it is. Yeah. Oh my God. How did you know? <laughs> yeah, because, uh, because if anything, him and Verlaine, but when yeah. I, I read them when I was 18. I was passing my baccalaureate, and he's, he's unhinged. He's absolutely insane. I love yeah. his prose. Which are, you know, Venus and the Fool, that one yeah. text, it's like a text about like this crazy man who started weeping underneath the statue of Venus, telling her why that woman doesn't love me, this and that. And then a crazy man came up to him and slapped him hard. And he was like, a statue, so she's not going to help you, you know? That just sums yeah. up Baudelaire. He's like a crazy person. He's really unhinged. And I love that. I love that about his poetry. I don't understand his poetry when I read them, even though they're in French. But when I read texts that explain them or when I watch videos on YouTube about him, I just love him as a poet more than his content. So, yeah. Also because yeah. my aunt made me read his stuff. <laughs> Glad you loved it because it's a masterpiece. Like, all of it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You mean uh, Flowers of Evil, right? Le Fleur du Mal. Yes, exactly. Le Fleur du Mal. Absolutely. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, it's like, uh, but, but in this context, I meant like English poetry because Baudelaire is in French, like most. Yeah. It's like my, when it comes to French literature, other languages that I consume are different than books in English. It's like in English, it's more about... But, like, the things I r read in French are much more serious, and I link the yeah. So the language in which, in which I read or express myself changes my personality, if yeah. makes sense. That's, I, That's, yeah, actually, it makes sense. It happens. It happens a lot, actually, especially when you um, keep switching. You feel like there yeah. are many people living inside of you. <laughs> it feels so weird sometimes. I prefer reading uh, Algerian literature in French because I can put myself in the place of the main character. It's my environment. It's the language I speak. It's the type of people I have in my life. So I can yeah. put myself in that situation. But in English, it's just like another character. It's another person's story. It's not mine. I can't relate to that, you know? Yeah. I see, I see. 
there is this one person who says everything and <laughs> I'm yeah, so happy and reads everything. There's a person that said anything as long as the content is interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's vague, but but it's okay. It's it's fine. Because, yeah. Mm. As long as I read. Moving on to the next question, uh, which is, I think, um, the most important one, I would say, or the effective one. Does having friends who read boost or get you to read? 53.9 said absolutely. 33.3 said a bit yes. And 12.7% said not at all. Well, th this category is a bit weird, but uh, maybe the reading is not for them. So I think this shows the importance of the surroundings or the people we connect with, because 53 is not a bit. 53 is huge, and it shows that friends do affect us. They can even change us or uh, bring us to their word or just have this huge influence and impact in our lives. What do you think, Farah? Honestly, like you've seen me on my Instagram stories. All of them are about books. Whenever I find a good book, I'll just take pictures of the pages, the quotes, yeah. anything that I find interesting. I just post about it and I talk about it all the time. I have friends. We created uh, a, a mini uh, book club. We read sometimes the same book or we about books that we previously read individually and we start talking about the main characters what we hate about them or we like about them and then we start making jokes sometimes like like with friends randomly i would randomly find someone who read the same book as me and then we'd be like wow you read that book and then don't spoil that part for me i haven't read it and then my favorite part is this it's just you get so excited knowing that someone else is just like you can connect with people you can connect yeah. on a deep level because you've read the same material but uh since it's not like a movie or like concrete either of you like both of you have a different way to imagine uh the same written scenario so you have to talk about it you just get excited about it and it's absolutely it's a great experience and I love it so much like when I find someone who read the same books as me or has the same taste in books it's just like great especially when you hate a character and you find someone who hates that character and you just talk about it all the time. It's amazing. I feel so much relief. So, yeah. <laughs> Shared what hate. What about you? Yeah. Well, be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, I cannot agree more. As you said, actually finding, in the first, finding friends who read is a bit hard. But then when you find them, you would just be so interested if they are um, on the same pace as you or in the same um, type or genre of reading. Even if they're not, that's fine. I am really happy to add to my to my knowledge or to my lexic. But for example, if I find someone who reads classic or poetry or enjoy psychological articles, I'm thrilled. I just have right away a conversation and maybe go into two or three hours of um yeah. talking about that and inquiring what did you like and what did you not and if this hypothesis is 
is correct or not what do you think about this like we go really as you said on a deeper level and we get to understand each other better but sadly this quality of friend is um rare in my life like really i could count them on one hand but uh they are mostly the ones i i think as as nietzsche as friedrich nietzsche said i hate when my solitude is being cut without the other person bringing something beneficial to me and i absolutely agree with him because when especially when it comes to to friends uh, we spend more times with friends than with siblings and family so they have influence on us and when i find when i find that someone is interested for example in psychology which is rare I'm amazed. I'm truly amazed. And when I speak about psychology, I just I don't mean those uh, personality tests or something. No, not at all. But really, how it started and some theory about it, and especially the father of it, Freud. When we talk about Freud, like if I find someone who is really interested, or at least know who Freud, I had like two of his books, and then I sold them. One of them was in English, and the other in French, because. Uh, in my opinion, it's like reading psychology. I mean, to me, reading psychology to understand yourself is something. But reading psychology as someone who does not study psychology is, uh, is, is a bit something that just like it's, uh, in my opinion, is a waste of time. If you're looking to understand and trying to solve like trauma or something like that, I think mm-hmm. it's a good key, but uh, it could be a pathway where you're going to self-diagnose people self-diagnose yourself and diagnose other people without a license and stuff like that so it's yeah, a bit true. dangerous you know what you're consuming what type of media you're consuming you know yeah yeah that's true absolutely of course the main point is not to um sometimes we well, not sometimes i think we all have been through that it's where uh you just stop uh, reading a certain genre or certain type of books and you think it has to be this way for everyone for example yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always hated reading fantasy like maybe one or two books maximum and a certain level I was trying to to make it clear that reading it is an absolute waste of time or it has to stop or something like before having this um before opening, uh, opening my eyes that people are different. And reading is actually magical. It does this. People are different. And they have different tastes. And they do not have to be all the same. They do not all have to see the things the way you see them or perceive uh, books or, or manga the way you perceive them. Like, yeah. we can all exist uh, differently and happily. <laughs> I mean, I completely agree with you. And as long as you read, it's okay. There are actually people I know personally that just go, yeah. why are you reading? Why are you not doing chores? I'm not, it's like, why are you not studying? Why are you reading? It's like such a waste of time for you to read. And when they see you reading, they automatically assume that you're reading Arlequin or like some book about people being lovey-dovey or something like that. But no, sometimes you're reading something that's about adventure, something that is enlightening something that teaches you some type of things that you can't learn in everyday life it's like making you book smart literally and there are people who look down on yeah. others that read which is 
ethnic because uh, qualitatively, when it comes to the quality of intellect, people who read are much more likely to have higher uh, emotional intelligence than people that that do not read. So. Yeah, true, true. Actually, this thing is what, what uh, irritates me and frustrates me the most. As you said, the look up to down, like, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to prove by this? <laughs> I am reading, like... It's not to brag, but literally a button then you in this situation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and the so, harsh comments they are not um they're not of course they're not likable, but they absolutely uh, sometimes when it comes to, for example, if the person is sensitive or really in the beginning of reading, I think this really should stop, especially among the youth. Like, why are you reading? And um, if you, what what did readers do before you? Or as you said, why are you wasting your time yeah. on reading? It yeah, like you the go out there and make money instead of wasting it on books. Yeah, the consciousness about this should really change. Like, they they should. Well, not they should. We should make it clear that it is important to to read than to waste time on, for example, social media. So, uh, moving on to the last question: yeah. uh, Should books in English be more widespread in Algeria? The majority said yes. Eighty-five people said, "Well, definitely yes." Fourteen people, as in fourteen point seven percent, said maybe. <laughs> One person said no. <laughs> oh, gatekeeping book. And, well, uh, one person said, and there's one brave person that said, yes and no, books in general should be widespread in Algeria. I don't think it matters what language people read as long as they actually read. And what helps ease, ease that, it should be welcomed. And I completely agree with that. Do not segregate between languages. As long as you read, you read newspapers, you read recipes, read a dictionary, read a random book you find on the street. As long as it's not corrupting your mind, because you have to be selective when it comes to the ma materials you're reading, by the way. Read everything, but at the same time, do read everything. You know, in any language you can understand. So yeah, yeah. that's my last opinion when it comes to this. Do you have any last thing to say? I think um, I don't understand the person who said no, <laughs> ironically, <laughs> because why not? Like, why? So what's wrong with you, sir or madam? Why, no? why not spreading them? And as you said, the person, uh, he or she was very brave. Um, they were very brave to, to have this long answer with details and stuff. And I agree with that. It doesn't matter what, lang what language it, it is, even if it's, um, I don't know, uh, Spanish or, I don't know, Russian, just read, as you said. And I can also add that you can read the, the shampoo bottles. It's really amazing <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> I mean, as long as you make your brain yeah. work. That's okay. Exactly. Exactly. That's all I would add. Like shampoo bottles. Yeah, yeah. They're fun to read. <laughs> oh. Well, I think this is a wrap. Uh, I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. And I would like to thank Medium for uh, taking part of this collaboration. 
if uh, you have any questions or you have anything to add regarding this. If you like the suggestions of the books that we mentioned throughout the episode, do not hesitate to reach out to either English Speakers or Lavender Days uh, that podcast on Instagram. Uh, do you have anything to say for, for a good or do you want me to wrap it? Well, I would like to thank you for this amazing collaboration. I mean, I didn't think it would go this smooth and funny and and interesting. Also, I would, um, as you said, I would uh, highly suggest and recommend if anyone has any question or anything to add or something we can discuss more about this topic in upcoming podcasts, they can suggest it to you, to Lavender Podcast, or to Echo Podcast. And it's been amazing doing this work with you, Farah. Thank you so much uh, for collaborating with us. And I would tell our lovely community, as always, um, I hope you enjoyed the topic. Take good care of yourself. Drink a lot of water. And I hope you get lost in the Echo. Toodles. <laughs>